0: Welcome to the Bavada At Odds Podcast, I'm Seth Everett, the head odds maker at Bavadasportsbook.com is the one, the only, the great Patrick Morrow. Patrick, um, you know, we don't really disclose when we record this podcast. That, that's not anybody's business, right? Like, we, we, we record the podcast and it comes out on Wednesdays. That's been how we've been doing this for two years. But after we recorded the show and after we hit end on the recording and everything was downloaded and ready to go, the biggest sports story arguably of the year broke right after we got done last week and we had choices. We could have done an emergency episode. I didn't think that was necessary. I thought it was more important to get all the ducks in the row because there was so much going on. And news was trickling in so much with regard to the PGA and Live Golf and everything that was happening. There was so much going on that I wanted to let, you know, sleeping dogs lie. And I wanted to see information disseminate before we rushed to do a podcast. I thought we played it well. And now that you've had a couple of days to digest everything, what was your reaction then and how has that changed?
1: I mean, right out of the gate, Seth, uh, I guess I'm filled with regret. Um, Regret that I didn't take the 10 million from Liv to join the tour because uh, there's a lot of PGA players right now that are filled with a version of that in that they thought they were being loyal. They thought that they were, you know, carrying the flag, that they wouldn't engage in so-called sports washing. And I mean, my goodness, I think a few of those guys are, uh, you know, maybe wishing that they had gone the other direction. Uh, You know, a a lot of guys are saying what they think are the right things now and they're trying you know the the PR uh, spinsters are out there uh you know working overtime trying to make this look a little bit cleaner than what it was i mean i think on this show uh we weren't as aggressively anti-live as a lot of people that uh, do carry water for the pga and do write about sports in the us and canada but it it's still shocking you're right it it is the story of the year it's it's massive um I think there are legal challenges that may still play out. So I, I think we're still kind of taking a bird's eye view of all of this and trying to figure out what exactly this looks like at the end. But uh, clearly a massive day for Liv, a massive uh, you know week plus for uh, you know Saudi-invested sports. And a lot of people are asking, is this how they get their door into North America? Is the next step uh, an NFL team, a baseball team, a hockey team? Um, what does this mean going forward? What does the tour look like going forward? I think if you're just a fan of good golf high stakes golf uh unification of the tours is exciting if you're a fan um if you get uh, caught up in the morality of what this means then i think you probably have some more questions and uh, i think for a pga that uh, staunchly put themselves out as anti-live um jimmy dunn famously said he didn't want a Saudi bank ever on one of his paychecks and now he's going to be on the board of whatever this new conglomerate ends up being called um it's it's incredibly curious it's fascinating from an odds maker point of view, because obviously we need to start thinking about uh, what our golf offering uh, will look like going forward as we suss out exactly what this uh, relationship looks like. But uh, in in terms of just the sheer volume of money involved here, uh, yeah. A fascinating story. Fascinating story, Seth.
0: Well, I mean, you you put a lot out there. Number one, I mean, there's no guarantee, you know, there's, there's one of the stories is that the live golfers who left uh, we'll have to pay some kind of a penalty to go back into the new venture, this new merged venture, which is crazy because they'd be paying a penalty for taking Saudi money when the PGA took Saudi money. I, it, it It's fascinating. Um, I agree with you. In, in, in an ideal sense, the whole thing is going to be everybody under one umbrella. Um, one point that was brought up to me is that what we're talking about are the B and the C tourneys. You know, we're not talking about the majors. The majors weren't a part of this. Uh, and everybody mm-hmm. was eligible for the majors. As it's been pointed out, if you left the PGA, uh, you weren't getting points uh, to qualify for majors uh, in the live golf tournaments. They were, they were, you know, not eligible. So in two or three years, a lot of golfers from live would not have been eligible unless they won a major, which is not the majority. You know, it's the minority. Um, It is the epitome of sport washing and sport washing is something that's all over sports now. I mean, it's, it's, it's going on constantly. And what I have asked myself and anyone who I've talked to about this is where do you draw the line? What is too much? Do you remember the conversation you and I had about the World Cup, and when the World Cup Here. was was moved to November, and it was because it was in uh, Qatar or Qatar, whatever it you know it was called both. Just the idea that there were special provisions, and then at the same time they were told specifically that it was corrupt. There were court cases. There were people thrown in jail. There were documentaries made about how corrupt FIFA was, but yet nobody ever considered taking the the World Cup a- away from Qatar, right? And people were like, the atrocities and the and the corruption. It's too much, and it's wrong. And uh, how many hundreds of millions of people watch the World Cup?
1: A good deal of them. A good what, deal of them,
0: right? I, and what was Qatar? Let, let, let's let's call it Qatar, right? What was their sure. goal? What was their goal to? Why were they interested in? hosting the world cup it was to improve their image sure that's, that's what sport washing is
1: yeah i mean and you can go you know past qatar to recent olympics that have taken place in in china if you want to i mean uh all these massive international events are an opportunity to peacock to showcase and uh if you're a country that maybe doesn't have the best human rights record out there um, it's not to say, like, hey, look how great we are. Everyone's smiling here. Everything's clean here. What a fantastic event. Uh, maybe there's something to Qatar. Maybe there's something to China. Maybe there's something to Russia. Russia's, uh, you know, hosted, uh, I think, an Olympics and a, a World Cup recently in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, so w- with that in mind, yeah, this is just, uh, unfortunately, a, a natural extension of where we are with sports. And, I mean, if, you know, y- you, we can you know, give Qatar grief, uh, but got to give FIFA grief. Uh, You know, we can give Saudi Arabia grief, but we got to give PGA grief. And I I think as long as there are people willing to take obscene amount of money uh, for you to put on this kind of show, uh, you know, you asked where the line was, Seth, and I hesitate to even suggest one because I don't know that a line does exist uh, relative to the amount of money that can solve all your problems. I mean, the Saudi Arabian government, I think, ostensibly has been found guilty for the murder of uh, Jamal Khashoggi in the mm-hmm. Turkish embassy. Yep. Um, that happened. Uh, nobody nobody seems to think that didn't happen. And everyone's kind of okay with it because geopolitically, uh, they are an ally to the United States. Um, from an energy point of view, uh, we rely on them. And from an economical point of view, uh, we really, really like their money. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I don't know that the line exists anywhere. Uh, and I think we're probably... Uh, especially when things are so uncertain economically, wherever you can get those millions or billions from, um, you're probably even more inclined in 2023 to not really look too finely at where the money's come. Uh, and what the background is of the people providing it. So yeah, I, I, I dare I say I don't know that that line even exists anymore.
0: I, you know where does it end? That's that's what I always say. Where where does it end? Do you want to have you know, moral standards, or you want to let sports be sports? And if you want to let sports be sports, it it gets to be taxing. I, I mean, you 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 want to do pride jerseys, right? NHL pride mm-hmm. jerseys. Um, there were people who were turned off by the, 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 wearing of them. There were people who were offended at the players who didn't wear them. Where do you draw mm-hmm. the line? You know, could you put it away? There was a player released from the Toronto blue Jays because he tweeted something that was anti, uh, gay and, 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 was pretty hateful. And the blue Jays released him. If, if you want to go by competition, the blue Jays lost a pitcher this weekend for what mm-hmm. he didn't commit a crime. I thought what he did did was horrific, but the Blue Jays released him. Where do you draw the line? What is too much? You know, uh, last year in in the U.S. Open tennis, Daniil Medvedev couldn't play in the U.S. Open because he's from Mm -hmm. Russia and Russia had invaded Ukraine. Yet Alex Ovechkin has pictures on his Instagram with Vladimir Putin and he plays Mm -hmm. for the Washington Capitals. Where do you draw the line? If yeah, you're saying, think... if, if you're saying, live the, the, the people who run, who ran live and who, who are going to be the financial backing of this new venture, they are the people behind the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. Yes, that's true. What's your choice? Are you out? Are you saying, that's it? I'm done. Where do you draw the line? If that's your line, that's your choice. You, no one is forcing you to watch this.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's, you know, there's so much going on here with this. And I think it's interesting that it happens uh, amongst the backdrop of, I believe it's Pride Month in both the U.S. and Canada right now, Um, at least in Canada it is. Um, So you have uh, a lot of baseball teams, I, I think every single one of them, except for the Texas Rangers, actually have some kind of pride celebration uh, in play um i don't know if the pga still has pride stuff planned uh, maybe that's been curtailed a little bit i don't know if they'll be doing that much longer but uh yeah it, it, this is something that i think about each year when this happens um it's it's incredible to think of where uh, human rights i think has largely progressed in western society but i always feel a little bit kind i always have an eyebrow raised when I see the corporate celebration of so much of this stuff, because I, I I don't know how much they actually really buy into it. And I think when push comes to shove, whether it was the World Cup in Qatar, whether it was uh, Liv uh, essentially buying the PGA, or, or at least buying a very massive seat at the table, um, do corporations really stand up for these values? Or it's just another something that they can pay lip service to and say, yeah, we got you, we support you, we see you. And when the chips are down, do they really? i don't think they do seth and i think this is just yet another reminder for people i don't want to be too much of a doomer with this stuff but i mean i, I at a very young age decided i wasn't gonna you know take my moral uh, pointers from nike or apple or anybody else like that facebook certainly uh it doesn't mean that they're not possible of doing good things and raising the profile for meaningful causes but are they sincere i've always been skeptical and i think this is just another notch in the belt for people that are kind of skeptical of this kind of stuff because when there's that much money thrown at it, uh, I'm sorry, but screw human rights. Screw who you care about. Screw what you feel, because there's money to be made.
0: Well, it, it, again, you know, the, the, there's limits. Uh, you know, there's how much do you care about sports? Uh, th- this goes to Penn State. You know, the yep. stuff that happened under Joe Paterno's watch were absolutely abhorrent. I I campaigned. that, that I thought that program should have had the death penalty because I wanted everybody associated with this out of a job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. you weren't alone with that. A lot of people did had you, that. Did, did you see the, the the last college football season, the amount of people that are all for Penn State? They look right mm-hmm. past it. Ohio State. Urban Meyer was the coach of Ohio State. He knowingly knew that one of his assistant coaches was beating the bloody pulp of his, of his wife and did nothing about it. And mm-hmm. the school looked the other way. That all happened. All happened. Have you seen one less fan root for Ohio State? Never. No. No. Where do you uh, at draw the, end of the, day, the line.
1: There is no line. That, that's that's where we're at. Um, and that's I, what like watching is, so-
0: right? And that's yeah. why that's why the Saudis bought Live Golf. That's why they created Live Golf. Because there's mm-hmm. no there that you're gonna watch.
1: Yep. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I again, I, I always think that I've been lucky in that I look to sports uh, for the enjoyment of sports. Uh, you know, ideally a distraction. And if I'm very, very lucky, the sports or the team or the players that I like, um, maybe they're not the worst people either. If I'm very, very fortunate, that is the case. But I, I go into all this stuff just assuming that there's a lot of incredibly flawed humans out there and I, I i can't expect them to be anything more than that uh i i generally genuinely buy into these teams because of where they are geographically located or because my dad made me a fan of them or as i've grown up i've developed my own fandoms but i'm generally not concerning myself with the politics or moral makeup because i'm probably going to disappoint myself if i do do that so I don't know, may- maybe I'm too cynical about sports having been around them for as long as I have now. But uh, as a fan of so much of this stuff, I, I think that's the way you got to be because you can't be can't be looking for role models, whether it's North American sports, European sports, sports in Asia or elsewhere. When there's that much money involved, uh, it's just a matter of time for corruption and immoral stuff like that to uh, kind of rear its naked head like that.
0: Well, and I want to be clear, uh, the people who own Live Golf They own uh, Newcastle in the Premier League, but the United Arab Emirates owns Manchester City. Different group, Mm -hmm. not connected to Jamal Khashoggi. You know, it's not the same people, right? Mm -hmm. Trust me, it's it's not. But they have taken the playing field and they have thrown hundreds of millions of uh, pounds. You know, it's not dollars in England but they've thrown mm. hundreds of millions of pounds and overspent and on George Steinbrenner's worst day didn't buy what Manchester City bought. And what they just did, they won the Champions League, they won the Premier League, and the FA Cup.
1: Yep, they got the trouble. And they have uh, 115 different uh, financial fair play uh, violations along the way, but they did it. They did it. Uh, I, I saw that tweet a fan, more than a few times it, after... It, it,
0: it, and if you're a fan, a supporter of Manchester City, what what, what is your attitude? Well, that's they not love, our problem. They love it. We they love it, right? They they it, it, yeah. it's it's our team. So if you're a fan of another team in that league, are you saying, ah, oh, how could these owners come in? Where where do these guys come from? They're not they're not one of us. Mm-hmm. The Saudis own Newcastle United.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, it wasn't so long ago that it was a Russian owner of Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> You know, I I know it's not apples to oranges, but, uh, you know, I I know a lot of uh, Brits aren't happy that it's an American conglomerate that owns uh, Liverpool, that owns Manchester United, that owns Fulham as well. Uh, You know, you get a few pints into them and they start talking about, uh, well, you know, you get mad at the Saudis, but what about the US and what they've done in the Middle East? And all of a sudden, uh, you know, everyone's kind of looking at everybody saying, "Ah, you're not so great. Um, But yeah, if you're a Man City fan, I I was in the UK recently and I was having dinner with uh, a long a long-term uh, Man City fan uh, from when they've been bad, which is the vast majority of his life. And uh, he-, he couldn't be happier about the direction of his team. And I, th- I think at the end of the day, that just really reinforces that at the end of the day, uh, fans want a winner more than they want uh, the right people behind that organization, the nice people, the moral people, the people who are living their lives with values that we, uh, you know, see eye to eye with. Uh, but, you know, we will park, I think a good deal of people will park a lot of that for a winner. And uh, that's what all this money in either European sports, American sports, Asian sports, wherever um, the market has decided uh, for better or for worse, that that matters more than anything else.
0: Let's let's focus just on the golf for, for a second. Let me ask you this. What if you're a PGA golfer that turned down money? Should you be paid something?
1: Uh, no. Um, uh, if, if the PGA wants to make you whole, out of their pockets, uh, sure, but I think in life, uh, you get the opportunity to roll the dice on something, take that chance. Uh, so no, I mean, no loyalty. Uh, I mean, the PGA didn't show them any loyalty. I don't know why the PGA would start showing them loyalty now. No, by, but, uh,
0: but they showed loyalty turning down that money, and now they're working for the people that they turned down in the first place.
1: I mean, they they turned it down because of, uh, you know, those allegedly awful, awful people that they'd be working for and getting a paycheck from, and now they will be getting it. So I don't know. They could go the other direction with it and say, if they still feel as strong as they do, maybe they're only going to play golf on the Japan tour or something like that. I've seen a lot of people with those takes that, okay, uh, now because the PGA is on board, maybe the PGA is the bad guy as well. So how much does what Rory McIlroy feel about this extend to, okay, is he slighted because he's working with the bad guys now or is he slighted because he's not getting paid like a lot of other people that originally went to live are getting paid um he probably has a couple different complaints there feel bad for Rory because he was kind of the poster boy uh for criticizing a lot of uh people on the live tour including former PGA players uh so you 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 know if you're a fan of Rory you'd like to see a happy resolution but life's life's not fair like that uh, the guys who rolled the dice with the live tour they're the ones that are ultimately laughing right now I think the PGA has a lot of work uh, to answer to its players who were left completely in the dark. Uh, You know, Top PGA Tour players had no idea this was happening aside from just reacting on Twitter like we all were last week. Uh, It would be good for the PGA to try and at least mend some of those relationships. I don't know if that's a financial resolution or whatever else they need to do. But uh, yeah, you've got a lot of sour players on the PGA Tour right now feeling left out and maybe feeling like their loyalty wasn't worth all that much.
0: I mean, the whole thing is fascinating, and uh, it's it's going to be one of those weeks where, you know, we're releasing this podcast on Wednesday, and there are going to be so many golfers asked all of these questions uh, at the U.S. Open. And it's going to be hard for these guys to focus on the U.S. Open because they're going to have so many things being uh, talked to them about. Uh, it's the third major and it's a it's a great one. The U.S. Open takes place. Uh, what are the latest odds, Patrick? And what are we looking at here?
1: Yes, yeah, Seth, uh, we have the first major to- tournament underway uh, just, bef- just after the Live and PGA agreement has been announced. And uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a fascinating week uh, just from a player reaction point of view. But when they actually get down to it, uh, this is a major. There's Good prize money at play, even for those that are from the Live Tour and have that guaranteed uh, money already sorted. Looking at the odds board right now, and we currently have Scotty Scheffler as the outright favorite at plus 750 right now, or 15 to 2, if you like to do the fractions. Uh, he's followed right up by Brooks Kepka at 10 to 1. Uh, Brooks Kepka, who, interesting stat, has led or been tied for uh, the lead in. 17 or 18 rounds since 2017, which is double anybody else on the tour. Uh, Kepka, obviously one of the top live players and uh, recently noted for kind of humiliating the PGA a little bit what might've accelerated this acceptance. Again, he's out there at 10 to one. Biggest exposure right now, Max Homa 25 to one. Right now, those are your current U.S. Open updated odds at Pavada.
0: In both the NHL and the NBA, the finals came to a close. We have two new champions. Let's start with hockey because we like hockey more than basketball. Patrick, the Vegas Golden Knights win their first ever championship. Uh, what were the odds on that? <laughs> they beat the Florida Panthers. What were the odds on that? Size up the NHL for us.
1: Yeah, Seth, congratulations to the long-suffering Vegas Knights. Uh, I think it it was a whopping six years they had to wait for their first Stanley Cup. But uh, uh, I guess a more serious congratulations to the fact that they had the most Canadians on the team of any team in the NHL. 24 Canadians on that Vegas Knights team. So uh, long-suffering hockey fans like myself will take our wins when we can get them. Uh, The Vegas Knights, Seth, they came into the season uh, 16-1. to to win the Stanley Cup. So kind of one of those middle-of-the-pack teams, definitely outperformed expectations. That's actually where their odds are roughly to begin next season as well. So uh, looking at some of the uh, biggest payouts we had on that, we had uh, one player yesterday uh, clean up for about forty grand in preseason futures that he placed with us right here at Bovada. Uh, remains to be seen whether he's going to double down and try and take a shot at them again this upcoming season.
0: Turning to the basketball, the Denver Nuggets had to wait fifty six years, if you include their ABA years uh, for their first championship. Uh, a shout out to all my friends in Denver, Colorado. they uh, I spent three good years there uh, covering Denver sports. The Denver Nuggets are the NBA champions. How about that?
1: Yeah, big congratulations to uh, the Denver Nuggets uh, shaking off, you know, a real uh, you know, drought in any kind of postseason success.. Uh, and, and congrats actually for, you know, being wire to wire, essentially the best team in the NBA this season. Uh, they were the first seed in the West. Uh, you know, they had to hold off teams like Golden State and the Lakers along the way. Uh, you know, I, we, I think in a league, Seth, where we see so much regarding load management, so many teams that don't care about the regular season slog, uh, I think uh, as a fan, you can appreciate that the Nuggets went out every single day, gave their best effort. They were the one seed. They were the best team. You know, not really challenged by a Miami Heat who frustrated so many teams along their own playoff run. Uh, the Nuggets, uh, they were 20 to one payout if you grab them at the beginning of the year, looking at the top overnight winners after they clinched. And we actually had one player at Bavada risk 10 grand on them. So that's a 200 grand payout on the Denver Nuggets. That's the biggest one we cleared at Bavada this
0: postseason. I will say this about the open. I probably wasn't gonna watch, and now I might. I might watch the first couple of days because I want to hear the coverage. Cause I'm interested in this. I'm I'm interested in where it goes. Because everything like if you want to take the stance that this is abhorrent and I never want to see this again, I stand right with you. That okay. Like I'm not a I'm not a passionate enough golf fan. I'm I'm barely a golf fan. I've covered a couple of golf tournaments. I think they're really cool in person on TV. They don't hold my attention
1: as I've gotten older. I've become more of a golf fan, and working here. Uh, that's helped guide that as well, especially when you see the kind of betting that takes place, uh, not just week to week, uh, you know, Canadian open uh, had significant sums waged on last weekend, but the U S open still U S open. It's, it's a major it's father's day. Um, all the best and brightest are going to be there. Uh, they're going to be there. at A lot of the other tournaments now going forward, but yeah um you know i was talking to my dad over the weekend um uh while we were watching the canadian open and he you know he was still kind of in that in between like I-, I don't really know if i'm sure i want to keep watching golf so he he is one of those guys that is looking at from that point of view i mean I- i'm still going to pay attention not just this week but every week but that's just kind of the piece that i've made with sports and sports washing but yeah I-, I i don't think ratings are gonna be impacted i don't think betting is going to be impacted i think for the most part, people will, like they do with so many other things in sports, uh, you know, the World Cup got the ratings that they did set that you mentioned earlier. And I have no reason to see why uh, golf is going to do anything but grow from this. And I almost added, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, if that means more of these players can get paid better as well. Uh, I kind of like that for labor, too. So like so many things in life, uh, nothing's really crystal clear and really, no, really it's, easy. It's to. It's a very through.
0: muddy thing. It's It's very it's very muddy. But you know the Secretary of State of the United States, Anthony Blinken. Yes, he was in Saudi Arabia when the deal was announced. Oh boy! And he didn't know. No. That's even crazier. Is that he didn't know, or no? Because inter- let me let me rephrase that because it's yeah. not on my first rodeo. He says he didn't know.
1: Hey, there we go. There you go. Now now you're talking like someone who's uh, reports on politics. Uh, you know you have to get the. Uh, he says he didn't know the alleged the uh yeah it's uh yeah and and i I think there's still some legal challenges that could potentially be coming out of the u.s outside of europe and what this means so i know there's an intent here i don't know that they're necessarily over the finish line these are the regulatory bodies that they have to uh, sift through to get this done but i mean i imagine with the amount of money at stake they are going to figure it out but Uh, I don't know. The only thing I can add, I guess, is that um, if this Saudi investment group is ever planning on opening a sports book, uh, you guys have my LinkedIn.
0: Oh, there doesn't need to be anything else said about this podcast. Good night, everybody.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy.